from the Battleship Iowa Associated Foundations Training Center. That's uh, done in memory of Barry Herlihy. Um, today we're starting our first podcast here aboard the Battleship Iowa. And, uh, you know, it's really talking about how we function and who we are and, uh, as people. And uh, our goal is to connect, I think, everybody across America to, to seeing what this historic battleship is, but really what it, the people are, what the, the folks that do this is every day and uh, kind of share some of those inspirational personal stories, um, have patience with us. But we're going to have a lot of fun with this. We're going to have an episode that comes out every single week. Um, and we're going to cover different topics and some of them will be a somber topic and some of them will be an exciting topic and some of them will, uh, kind of highlight our personalities. And, uh, we apologize if we dive downhill, we could dive downhill really quick. Um, but we're going to try to keep the potty mouth, um, in control. So starting out, my name's Jonathan Williams, president and CEO of the battleship Iowa museum, 21 years involved with this wonderful ship, about 10 and a half years since we saved this thing out of mothballs, um, I'm the kind of oddball right at the top. They promote the idiot is the way I really look at it. But um, at the end of the day, we continue to drive that bus forward and um, really build into the next level, which is the National Museum, with the primary goal of connecting uh, the everyday general public to what our uh, sea services, our sailors and Marines do, why they do it, and how it changes our quality of life or how our life functions here in America. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't know about it, but really at the end of the day, we're all people. Every one of us is a individual and a person and we all face adversity and challenges, um, and have our personal stories in doing so. And I think if, uh, we could kind of highlight what we've been through and those personal stories and some of the guests that we'll interview, um, to highlight what they do and how they've been involved in, uh, what it means to them. I think we all can learn from each other and what we face. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to the rest of the team here. You're going to see some personalities that come out. I hope you enjoy this ride and this, uh, this sailing the seas as things kind of start diving downhill, I'm sure. Um, but really on this first podcast, we're just going to introduce who we are and where we're going. Who's first? I'll, I'll, I'll speak up. I'm uh, Mike Getcher, Executive Vice President, Chief Operating Officer, Chief Engineer, and all kinds of other things here. Um, and I was either the first or second person that you called the day that the Secretary of the Navy uh, gave you were, a show. You were the second. second. I know yeah. you'd rather be the first. No, no, but I don't really, mind. Honestly, way. you're the second. <laughs> I was happy to was be called. First. That's the thing. So, uh, and then Jonathan and I ended up on the battleship uh, the following week and six weeks alone up there in Sassoon Bay. Um, I'm thrilled to be here. My dad is a battleship sailor, and I grew up with the stories, and, and now I'm entering my 23rd year in nonprofit service. Uh, love meaningful jobs, meaningful things to do, and uh, this is an amazing place to work. That's Absolutely. cool. Yeah. You like the people? Yeah, it's funny. You know, you, uh, I grew up uh, doing construction. I'm a maritime engineer. I was a mechanical engineer, and, and you learn to build things, you know, throughout that kind of career. And ultimately, though, what's really trans transformed me, I think, is the people here. This is a family, granted dysfunctional at times, but it's really about the people. And that's what I've focused on now for the last handful of years. And it's been incredibly rewarding. It's much different from what I ever expected. Sure, I like working on the battleship. It's fun. It's, it's all kinds of technical issues I get to deal with. But it's all about the people, about the inspiration, and it's about the passion. And, and that's what is really keeping me going here. Awesome. So who do we have? Who do we want to go next? We're going to go over to, uh, to I hate to say it, but the token the veteran token that we veteran. have here so sitting in the room. I'm, I'm not the token anymore, but I was for a little while. My name is David Canfield. I am the um, vice president, chief information officer, chief technical officer, kind of the battleship tech guy. And uh, my story on the battleship begins actually in 1987, but there's a bit of a gap 
uh, between then and uh, being involved in the project now for a little over a decade. So uh, we are a family here, it's, and, and we are a little dysfunctional, but I like to say we put the fun in dysfunction. Uh, I was uh, I had a real job when we pulled the ship out of uh, out of mothballs, and uh, it was kind of interesting because uh, I got to ride the ship. They wanted veterans. I, you know, tokens. Did you say you had a real job then? Does that mean that you, we could actually move you to volunteer at this point? It's kind of the same. Oh, okay. All right. I, mean, I just want to make sure we may be able to reallocate I'm that budget. Saying, was it rare to have a real job? Was it rare? What, what did it feel like to have a real <laughs> so, job? So I just want to point out at the point that I let you two do your, before you jumped in on it. <laughs> I, I, I could have jumped in myself, but I held my tongue there. Uh, particularly on that dysfunction, the the dysfunction comment. But now it was uh, it was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I'll jump in and tell uh, the story. Uh, we'll let Kyle and um, Moran jump in here and introduce themselves. But I'm gonna get back to that whole first phone call I got from you, which was basically, "Who the hell are you? And why are you posting pictures to Facebook?" <laughs> Yeah, well, they were incorrect pictures on Facebook. They were too. We, we had to they keep control. We, we have to censor content. David. Censor content. This is the island of misfit toys it at is. the end of you the day. Were, we, were, we must censor. You were very upset about an asbestos sign in one of them and on, and the condition of the of the water line at the bow. Well, okay, well, let's let's face it. The asbestos sign... I mean, at some sometime in the '90s, somebody randomly got a roll of 250 stickers it's and just wrong. walked around and jammed it on any bulkhead <laughs> they could find. So we figured that out after a while that's that just because wrong. asbestos was on a steel bulkhead, it didn't mean it pointed to anything. It's just somebody had to get rid of 250 stickers within an hour and a half. It was like a competition or a marathon well, through the ship. And we were we were learning who each other were too. I mean, we didn't know. You didn't have any idea who I was. I still so, don't. Well, that's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> So let's bring Kyle. Kyle, I'm here. You're, you're going to find real quick uh, to our audience. Kyle is really our balancing act. He's kind of the guy that keeps us in check. Uh, so Kyle, throw your throw your story out there. Well, I'll do my best. I won't try to throw things off too much, though, because you guys have a good train going here. Um, my name is Kyle Abbey. I am the development manager here aboard the ship. Um, when Jonathan started working, what he said, 21 years ago, I was in the third grade, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, you weren't in the crib, though. At least we know you weren't in the crib. You were in the race car bed. That's that's the way to look yeah, at no, it. Yeah, I was out playing football on the playground or something. So, Oh, wow. Um, football player. You went for well, football, huh? You're not basketball well, or baseball? Not baseball. Did you play so I, I, always wanted, I always wanted to play football. But you're like T-ball at, at that point. Uh, the third grade, I was, like, I was Little League at that point. Was it Little League? Yeah, yeah. Little League I don't was know, my you know I have kids, and I don't even pay attention. One plays in Little League, and I just show up. Oh, I love Little League. Some great memories back then. Do you? It, yeah. It, it, baseball's a slow game for me. Not when you're playing. Well, I guess if you're yeah. playing, that's fine. But if you're in the yeah. audience, it kind of... Anyway, okay, go ahead, okay. Kyle. Yeah, well, okay. I'll go to four. I'll talk about people. the rest of my <laughs> elementary school career. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving my opinion already. Sorry, audience. Well, you know, by the, yeah. when I first got my orders to Iowa, I'm pretty sure you weren't even a twinkle in somebody's eye at that point. Are you? Are you? You may be about the age of his mother. I don't, I don't even want to go down that path. So I back to Kyle. Stop there. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just, or his parents. You know. I'm just thinking you're what, 50? Yeah, well, let's not go there. I, I'm in a protected class. Uh, yeah, you are protected, but four of us are. <laughs> there we go. Go ahead. Sorry, that, that went right to the HR side. We need to try to stay away from that. Well, Beyond Little League in third grade, I I, uh, I have a nonprofit career for my uh, I guess the first number of years here. Um, I joined the team about six months ago, but before that, I come from a philanthropic family, so it's been 
around me and in my blood and so it was a natural fit to get into this field and when i learned about this opportunity it was more than just coming to to work for a nonprofit, going out and delivering services to somebody this was a, a community symbol where people came and they really saw the iowa as their their safe space to come to learn to come to receive a program or service to engage it was just a a community place for everybody and it, it was a new angle on what i saw nonprofit was and so i'm excited to be here and working towards the national museum side but i'm, I'm sure there are many other com- ways i could take where my story has has gone and led me back to the community where i grew up and lived in and um I'll leave it there for now, but as as I said when we started this, Kyle always keeps us in check. He does. It's very professional. <laughs> He's not talking about the you know, I this was a community symbol and I was really excited until I got here. But I mean he is right. He talks about, you know, the veterans and the youth and, and all of those community impacts that that we don't talk about enough. And I think that's kind of why we're doing this podcast is kind of start bringing that alive, start showing people who we are and that impact we are making in the community and interview, interview people. And I think, thank you, Kyle, for keeping us in line because we just go into all, a whole different world. For those who are unfamiliar un- with what we do here, we're more than just a museum. We are, we are a true community, and that's what I'm trying to get the point across. Uh, absolutely. We're a family. Yeah, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's why we're doing this podcast is to highlight yeah. that family that we really are because it is about the people and I think at the end of the day, every ship across this uh, world, frankly, or, or anything across this world is a community and a family. I mean, if we look at those that serve, they found a community and a family when they served and they exit, um, retire or leave the service and they're looking for that other family. Yeah. And I think having that community and family, regardless whether it's a a ship, a, um, a, you know, a local city, a community center, a senior home, whatever that may be, that community provides a, provides a foundational base for people to really have a sense of belonging of people they love. And that's, that's really what we are. It is um, kind of interesting. We talk all the time about the fact that this ship is just a chunk of steel without the stories, without the people that are behind it. And that's true of any, anything that you get involved in. It's just a building. It's just a place. It's just a job until you really get involved with the people where the passion is. And we are a passionate group of people. Yeah. Well, and there are very few places that you can come to do so many different things because you come aboard and you have family in the military or you are a veteran yourself. You can come do the tour, see the history and really resonate and, um, with those stories being told. But then you can also come here and receive an education be through some of the programs and activities we offer. You can come here and enjoy an entertainment event. There are so many different ways that you can come and engage with the Battleship Iowa as a location that it becomes so much more part of the broader community that it's just a single place where you can go to access so many different pieces of of life and things that you want to be engaged with and it's that's not, what's really special it's not just all military too there's so many people here right. that in fact we're roughly 50 50 on the volunteer side military and non-military in fact most of us here are non-military but there's a tremendous amount of value here for people we have people in their late 60s 70s even in their 80s and later who come here this is a huge part of their life uh, it's, it's a it's building social capital and it's just it's an amazing place to be well we just had that conversation yesterday um as we work on the design of the National Museum with with a couple of folks, and you know they're they're retired out of a professional career that was very successful, and and really once they retired, uh, society sometimes says they're retired and they're too old to do anything. And frankly, they have incredible knowledge and incredible skill 
they still are part of the family and they still have a lot to contribute and we're proud to be that place that, well, he told that David he was do. too old but he's working here doing he can, he's, he's, doing protected, he's protected leave him alone <laughs> he's protected. oh yeah you, you just crossed the wow. Wow. Yeah. See, we can do that on this side right. of the table <laughs> you, are not, you are not protected Kyle HR. there's the trouble there's the balance HR, HR. <laughs> I would right. just like to point out I'm not the oldest person in the room, but that's all right. Yeah, um, we don't need to go down that I'm road. Not going down that you path. know, we, we can't miss this uh, this wonderful lady over here who really um, is is running the keyboards, and she's the one that can control whether we talk or not and shut us off. And um, I think you have your own unique story, and uh, once you yeah, tell who, who you are and why a steel ship even makes any sense to you. Yeah, I, I still don't know, but it does. I, well, and I, you know, I think you have that story, but you could kind of explain why, even whether it's a steel ship, you found that it's not necessarily the the ship or the location or what it is. It's really, it's really the family that's around it that makes yeah, it. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. So, my favorite way to describe myself lately. Who has are been, you? I'm Marianne Fangler. Uh, I'm the executive assistant here, and I graduated from event coordinator, and I do. Describing my job would be. I don't remember giving you a certificate on that graduation. Is that? <laughs> yeah, do we have a graduation? You may still have okay. that ceremony. You know, to be honest with you. Do I get bullets and red carpet? You may be an executive assistant daily here, uh-huh. but in this room, you're the producer. Ooh. Don't forget that. Okay. You have power in this room. That's you right. control. I do. Yeah, you have full, full power. She's got all the buttons over You have all the buttons. And I'm going to get more. It's going to be so much away fun. away from the coffee. <laughs> so I like coffee the description. Coffee closers. You go with the description. This is fun. Okay, so my favorite way to describe myself lately has been uh, I am the pro- most likely the only person in the history of the world to have landed triple jumps in figure skates, furled a Tagalant on a square rigger underway, and manually raised and lowered guns on a 16-inch turret. On a World War II yeah, battleship. You probably are the only probably woman am. in the world that has ever done that. You may be the only person in the world that's yeah. ever done that. <laughs> so, yeah, figure skater, I started out that way. And then I spent a lot of time in nonprofits in sail training. So, sailing square riggers and schooners and things like that. And uh, ended up here and honestly was a little hesitant to take the job, not because it's a big steel hulled ship, but because when I walked on board, I was like, this is, you know, the family that we've been talking about. And it was so, it seemed too good to be true. And it's not. It's probably one of the better decisions I've made in my entire life. Wow. We're, we're glad humbled, to I'm have you here. I'm a little insulted that you think that I can't land a triple axle on figure skates, but... Bring it, Kyle. Yeah. Bring well, it. On, on episode five, we're going to go out to the ice skating rink and we're going to see who can land a triple axle, <laughs> axle on skates. At our, at our local, are, you taking, are you taking that challenge on, Kyle? Yeah, at our local ice skating rink in Torrance. Torrance. No, oh, I think, I think in Torrance. Torrance. I'm pretty sure Trust we should me, put it back on the fantail. Because you don't even people, know how badly I want know. the rink back yeah. on the fantail. Most people don't know that we had an ice rink on the fantail. We did with our Lake Kings and our, our local councilman. I'm, I'm a little bitter that, that it was before I got here. Could I'm not going to lie. Could easily have been an episode of engineering disasters. <laughs> very <laughs> so could have, yeah, wow. very easily been that. Yeah, there was, there was a few moments there, that's for sure. We do crazy things here. You you should, should, yeah. the, the Jack Ryan build out, the <laughs> entire theater on the fantail, that was amazing. We did a pretty epic concert last week, and one of the guys building it out was like, how, but this is the biggest thing you've ever done and I'm like no no, no. <laughs> bring your A game if you come in here now we talk about the family it's kind of interesting I read a book a while back called Tribe and it talks very yeah, much about military people uh, seeking a tribe and I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you I mean I've been in the civilian sector for a while I was working in Silicon Valley and when I had the opportunity to come back to the ship that I served on I thought wow I'm going to connect with people who are just like me and um, 
that is about as far from the truth as it could be. Uh, rather than finding the tribe that I left, I was able to find a new tribe, uh, some some place to belong and some place to plug into people that, that were accepting. And we did form that family. And it's it's really kind of important because we, we do a lot with transitioning veterans, but, but you don't have to be a veteran to be in transition. Everybody's moving from one place in their life to another. And to be able to find that group where they plug in, where they're involved, where they have passion, where they can uh, apply their exalted, if you will, to, to a higher cause is really important. And I think that's something that we provide here that uh, is kind of intangible. Well, and, and I think I think it comes down when you say that shared experience. I mean, it, that shared experience, regardless of whether um, you're a veteran. I mean, I, I was just talking to uh, to our chairman of the board, um, Rear Admiral Mike Shatinsky, on on his off-road racing because he's an off-road racing guy and he's got a nonprofit around off-road racing. And we were part of a conversation where there's a lot of first responders. There's, um, you know, snipers that, that are SWAT team. And they're also in need of that shared experience. And it's not... The veterans it's not the first responders it's not um a particular group of folks it's as a human condition we need shared experiences i mean that's just who we are we're shared we're a community of folks a family and we share you know need to have shared experiences and while it's a different shared experience it's still that support of a network that makes it um brings us alive i mean it's really what brings this ship alive and i think that's the important piece of it i mean we look at our iowa family out there in the state of iowa i mean shout out to our radio host friend simon conway um you know thanks for influencing us and in, in making us comfortable to sit in front of these microphones and talk but um you know even when we go to iowa it's like a another shared experience another family that we built over several years and and i think that's what really makes the the makes life um fun important and allows us to kind of overcome obstacles and, and adversity and learn more about ourselves. And I think that's what this podcast really is at the end of the day. Yeah. And you know, we talked about it when we started it, we want to be ourselves. We want to be able to tell the story, tell our story, tell other people's story, bring them in and interview them. And so I think we should get back to Jonathan. Jonathan, how did you get involved? How did I get involved? Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, uh, my grandfather, um, when my grandmother passed away, uh, 20 some odd years ago, uh, I asked my grandfather what he wanted to do. And, uh, he wanted to see a ship, 83 year old morning man, uh, wanted to see his ship. And, uh, he served on the USS Tennessee prior to world war two and the USS Missouri during world war two. And so we hopped on a plane to go to Pearl Harbor, Hawaii and, uh, walked aboard that ship and saw a uh, morning 83 year old man become a 18 year old sailor mentally at that point again. And, kind of pop right up and, and, uh, it really recovered him and, and, uh, and we became really close and best of friends. And, uh, of course I heard stories, um, you know, you forget grandpa is the, um, you know, you always look at grandpa as grandpa, you know, you got that kind of look at, you know, the, the, the older statesman. Um, but when he becomes an 18 year old sailor, you realize he was just a, a guy and you hear all those stories that you never wanted to hear. Um, for those of you that are listening, if you remember hotel street in uh, Honolulu, yep. I heard all those stories and I'll leave it at that. Uh, and that really influenced me to, to do something to see it, um, see the same kind of thing happen for veterans and see the impact that it may have for those that served in Iowa happened to be coming to the Bay area. So I volunteered for the Bay to save the Iowa up in that area and, uh, still live up in that just like David does still live up in uh, Northern California in the central Valley and continue to fly down here every single week, which I, haven't said publicly for a lot of years, but I, I am starting to share that and say that a lot more. So people know that we, we really do. This is about the family and the passion that we built and about how much we care about the future of America and what we do. 
Cool. Yeah, that, that connection is pretty powerful too. That you know, your grandpa and I, I was able to, in fact, privileged to travel with him. It was just a blast. Oh my oh. gosh, he had energy. In fact, it was amazing just to walk into a restaurant. He was like the Energizer Easter Bunny type guy, you know, and, and people just loved him. It was extraordinary. I was able to take my dad back to see his ship at the fiftieth reunion of his crew. And it was deeply emotional. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Um, I lost him probably eight or ten weeks later. But that's the kind of connection that a lot of us tend to have here, too. Yeah. And it's, it's really powerful. We you had you that, see what it does for them. Yeah, we had that experience uh, early December last year because we had Freeman Johnson out here. <clears throat> Excuse me, 100 and, almost 102 years old, veteran of the St. Louis in the Pearl Harbor attack. And then he came and was a plank owner for Iowa. And... We got him all the way down to the very bottom seventh deck in uh, Fire Room Four, and wow. he turned into a kid peeking around all the corners, standing where he used to stand. Phenomenal. It was it yeah. was amazing. It yeah. is it is a lot of fun uh, to to bring veterans back on board. I'll cover a little bit in the next episode of, of more on bringing somebody back on board and how it impacted me. But it is interesting working here after all these years. My office is on the main deck, and uh, and I spend a lot of time in areas of the ship that I did not spend any time in when I served on here and candidly I don't spend a lot of time where I did and every once in a while I'll turn a corner and I'll go down below and you just it's that same thing it's 40 years ago and uh, it's pretty epic well I'm going to close out this first episode of podcast with really that that was a great great stage setter um, you know for what our next episode is and and gosh I almost feel like we're professionals at this but we're really at episode one and and uh (laughs) We're just figuring this out, so please have patience as we're, we go through this. But, you know, as we record this, we're in the first week of April at this point, um, and we are rapidly approaching a um, uh, April 19th, the annual memorial. And so um, next episode, episode two, two we're actually going to put David in a probably uncomfortable spot and uh, and share some of his experiences and, and how it's changed his life and what it means to him today. So... It's going to probably be an emotional journey um, as we go through episode two. So some are going to be lighthearted. Some of these episodes will be lighthearted and some of them will be uh, much more emotional. So um, join us on episode two. And I want to thank everybody for being involved and all our sponsors and all our supporters and donors and listeners for for, uh, listening to us and, and supporting us in doing so. So thanks. Closing it out from the Battleship Iowa and uh, look forward to talking to you on episode two. 